Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Uh, Excited to be with you today. I think this is an extremely important topic. Um, You know, one of the reasons I was excited to uh, have our, our, our guest on today was was I, as many of you know, I do a lot of mentoring and coaching, my wife and I both, and I, I speak with a lot of young men and, and help them through their situations. And a lot of times, including myself, as we get into the deeper stuff of life or we struggle with our identity or we struggle with how we respond to situations and anger and uh, you know things guys struggle with like pornography and all these different things in our marriages and our relationships, a lot of times, a lot of that is rooted and deeper in in how we were raised and our, our father figures in our life. And so um, this is a really important topic today. I want you to really tune in and listen in to what this gentleman has to share about his story and what, what you can glean from it. And hopefully as we talk through things, as, as we listen, we can just pick out a couple things that are applicable to your life that you can start to apply or take forward. So Justin Pickens, did I say that right? You did. I don't want to screw that up. Justin had a conversation about messing up people's names, so I don't want to do that, Justin. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome to the call, man. You are a um, you. You got quite the story. Obviously, you spent a lot of years in the education world, and recently kind of made a transition into um, helping people write books, really, and get published uh, for a company. You can you can talk about that, and just to give us some context. And then also you're moving into more of a, a financial space of kind of starting your own thing there. So really excited for you and, and the journey you're on, man. Um, would love to would love to dive into kind of just real quick where you're at today. And then let's rewind and go back and start talking about some of the things you've learned about your past and the way you were raised and some of the stuff you struggled with as a as a male. Absolutely, Mason. So I'm Justin. I'll give you a brief rundown. For 13 years, I was a teacher and a multi-sport coach. And I was, I had the best job in the entire world. Over the course of the last year, I've grown my family from my wife and myself to an amazing boy who's two years and 10 months and a newborn girl that's a month old. And the last six months uh, on top of teaching, I found a company that I worked for part-time called Streamline Books, who we help people professionally self-publish their story and their book. And I got into that because I was in the midst of writing my own memoir and then my own uh, story about a teacher who's battling um, his identity crisis of leaving education and all those young men who think he's a father figure. So that's how I got connected with Streamline. And then I started working for him because I found out how powerful it is to help other people tell their story. And through that, I started writing on LinkedIn I thought if I work for a book company, I better tell stories. And I ignorantly got on LinkedIn, not knowing what the space was about. And I just started being very vulnerable and speaking from the heart. And that's how I've been connected um, with a lot of great people, including Mason. And before that, my wife wanted, uh, about a year ago, my wife wanted to stay home with our young family. And with that, I made the decision that I was going to uh, follow God and the doors that he opened. And I had a good friend tell me that I should go work as a financial planner for Edward Jones. So two weeks ago, I was working my last day as a middle school PE teacher on top of 
working for Streamline Books and networking and connecting and, you know, uh, talking with amazing people. And then now presently, I am in training to be a financial advisor and I'm hitting the books pretty hard. So that's where we're at. Wow. Uh, I mean, I think just this, the pivots that you're making right now, I, this is, this is actually a really good point. People, I want you to hear this. If you bring the real vulnerable self to you, to any space and you're okay with that. And, you know, you and I are both Christians, Justin. So for us, we know where our identity lies, right? Our identity lies in, in Christ. And, and so because of that and whatever your faith is, it, it's it, whatever it is, but because our identity is in a bigger place, a, a, a place not here on earth. Now we can just bring the real self to the table. And if you bring the real self, if you're willing to do that, doors will open. I believe that's where some of the biggest doors have opened. I've seen that in my life. And I think you're going to, as we get to explore a little bit of Justin's past here, I think you're going to really get to see the uh, storyline, <laughs> no pun intended, of uh, how he has uh, has how he has crafted that. And he's able to, uh, here's, here's what I'll say. A lot of people get frustrated because they get into a new arena and they're like, why is this so hard? Struggling so much with this. And I think we all have to go through our struggles. And sometimes maybe that's this, this thing you're starting, whatever it is, whoever's listening is the first time you're really going to struggle with something. Whereas Justin, I think you've been struggling quite a bit in your life and now it's starting to come fruition. God says, I got great plans for you. And I'm I'm ready to use you now as my as my vehicle. So I'm excited, Justin. You want to go back, rewind. I think it's really important people get some context to your past. So, first and foremost, I had two amazing parents who were just who who struggled overcoming addiction and mental illness. But I always like to start off with when my parents were healthy and mentally in the right place, and they weren't addicted to substance abuse. They were actually very good parents at their heart and at their core. However, I was born to two parents who both dropped out in the 10th grade. And with that, you can imagine that simply dropping out and not finishing high school, that's led to a lot of poverty in my life. It's led to a lot of welfare checks, um, depending on the government. And then that cycle of poverty is something that truly I've realized that you can get trapped in. And I understand why it's such a trap, but I will tell you the reason I made it out is because my parents never told me about the cycle of poverty. So just going back, both my parents dropped out in 10th grade. My parents met um, later on in their late twenties. And it was a, it was a story that is, is hard to tell. My mom was, um, bipolar. And I can say that without feeling bad about saying that she was bipolar because that's a disease that many people deal with. She had a hard time getting it under wraps, but basically she was homeless and she was living at a, a Birmingham bus stop. She met my dad at a local bar and uh, they fell in love. And the next thing you know, they decide to do their best to to work out and have a family. However, my dad struggled with a couple things. Number one, he struggled with a temper he had little man syndrome. I'm six foot two, 215 pounds. My dad was five foot eight, 140 pounds soaking wet. Don't ask me where I got my height and my size, probably from my mom's side. But my dad struggled with a ferocious temper. And my dad also struggled with substance abuse, alcohol, uh, marijuana. And um, later on, which led him to prison was uh, methamphetamines. So throughout my childhood, there was a lot of ups and downs you can imagine with my mom being bipolar 
And there were times where she would literally leave and um, as a child, and she'd be gone for two weeks, three weeks at a time. My dad would be responsible for taking care of us. There were times where my dad would be on methamphetamines and he would suffer from what's called meth rage, where he'd be awfully violent. And there were several times in my life where my mom just picked up and to escape my dad's violence, we would just leave and we would drive across the country to go live with a family member in California or something along those lines. So with that being said, um, I can get into deeper of more stories, but just know that my childhood and my past has been fraught with poverty, violence, dysfunction. And the entire time, I want to make this clear, my parents made sure that those were never excuses for my future success. It wasn't if I were going to college, it was when I was going to college. And it made me a great grade chaser, but my parents did make sure that I never got anything less than an A. And they didn't like help me with my homework that much. But if I brought home a grade that was less than sufficient, I would, I would definitely get punished for that pretty severely. So I would like to add that those are some things that kept me on the right track. So Justin, just knowing where your life is today, I mean, so many things there, folks. I, I hope you heard um, just the, the level of the level of, of real trauma, and, and and we all have trauma from our past, but the level of trauma that this man has gone through as, as a child, and I know your brother too, um, and yet where you are today, I think there's just, you know, we talk, you talk about generational curses and poverty, and, and, and you've really broken those obviously today. So what is it? Like, what do you, I mean, you talked about how your parents were like, Hey, you have to be successful. Like you have to go to college or whatever they deemed what they hadn't done they, they knew they wanted there. So there was love there that they had for you. Obviously they were struggling with their own diseases and issues. Um, but there is a, there's a, that's a big gap. You, you see what I'm saying? There's like a big gap between where you are now and that past. So tell me, tell us about that. Like, where would you say, where does that come from? What, what was happening there? that broke some of those generational curses? How have you been able to do that? So essentially what started happening was there came a point where I'm ashamed to admit it, but I started to essentially despise my parents. I started to feel ashamed for how poor we were. I started to feel ashamed that we were the only people in my small town that weren't going to church on Sundays. So as I was building up this animosity of why can't we get our lives straightened out? You know, why are we always broke? Why are we always going to the pawn shop? Why doesn't mom wear a wedding ring? Because she always has to go and pawn it because, you know, we need, you know, to pay the bills or something along those lines. So I'm ashamed to say, but what I started to do was I started to idolize successful people that I saw, whether it be um, famous athletes on TV or, especially to be honest with you, my teachers and my coaches. And I just always assumed that teachers, you know, there was Jesus and then there were teachers and coaches because I was just ignorant to these people had it all figured out. They must be doing something right. They have working cars. They have a job that they consistently lay down and they are supposed to be the people I look up to. So I essentially started to uh, see these successful people who I deemed as successful and I was going to do whatever it took to please those people. So when it came to athletics, I was going to do everything it took to be the hardest worker in the room. And I was going to 
please and look for recognition from my coaches. When it came to the classroom, I was going to do whatever it took to get the best grade in the class so I could be put on a pedestal in front of my teachers. And really, it became um, this performance mindset of I had to be a high achiever because becoming a high achiever was the only way I was going to make it out of my parents' house and out of this cycle of poverty. And there's a lot to unpack there, but essentially, those were some of the reasons that I decided to say, I'm going to be successful, whatever it takes, and I'm not going to let anything hold me back. Wow. So I think, um, you know, I think even even looking back on my life, we talked about this a little bit uh, before we, we jumped on today. But, you know, looking back at my life, my, my dad was um, a phenomenal, phenomenal parents, totally different situation. Um, but there were things that he did that brought me trauma and and things I still work through in my marriage as a function of that and through counseling and things we've I've discovered some of these things. But I, I think this idea of like idolization, right? So we idolize what success is. And I had those people in my life too. And, it, and unfortunately for me, um, it wasn't my my father always. Um, and many times it was for me. And I was fortunate to have that, but other times it wasn't. And and, and so I want to just dive a little bit deep in there because there's a fine line of this idolization and this thing you said, people pleasing, right? Where we we become a people pleaser and, and that becomes our life. Um and idolizing people where it's like, it's good in some help and in some realms, because it pulled you out of this, like, Hey, there's better. There's gotta be something better. There's something greater. I can do more. I can, I can let go of that. But in the same light, then you play the comparison game and mm-hmm. you start to, you start to formulate these identity crises and you start to beat yourself up and you, you know, you, you, you get depressed. A lot of people get depressed because they're not hitting these things. So walk us through some of the maybe the mechanisms that you've had to work through to kind of get yourself beyond that. And, and now today, I don't sense that you idolize. I mean, you're, you're, you enjoy talking to successful people, but you, you're in your own lane today, right? So talk me through. Yeah. So essentially, the way I got out of that poverty cycle was to be a ladder climber. And when I say that, it was, I'm going to be top of my class. I'm going to go from first grade, second grade, third grade, and so forth. And if there was a path, that was set out before me, I was going to follow it to a T and I was going to do it better than anybody else. So example would just be sports. You start with freshman team, JV team, varsity team, all conference, you get a college scholarship, et cetera. And it kept me programmed to follow this path that was set out before me. And what it did was it, it hindered me from really finding out where my passions lie and what I want, because all I wanted to do was follow a path and please people along that path. So I could prove that I was making something out of myself. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons I chose the career of education. So it was a path that was, I didn't know what to do at 18. I wanted to be a good role model. And I thought, well, I will go do that as a sports coach and a teacher because so many people made those impacts on me. Mm. Um, those positive impacts, but it, again, like I'd said, it was a pause. It was a path that was laid out, jump through this hoop, this hoop, hoop, this hoop. And then when I got to education, I had an amazing time building these relationships with kids. But at the same time, it got to the, where the last few years, I just felt like I was a factory. Kids were coming in, kids were coming out. And the amount of connectedness I had with them was diminishing. And I didn't get to make those huge returns that I wanted to make 
as far as being a positive role model. And some of those uh, returns may never be noticed by me um, because kids, you know, it takes years and years. But essentially, yes, the, um, how I've overcome that is I now recognize success as being something different from what I once thought it was. I once thought success was being having money and being famous and somehow having people look up to you. And now it couldn't be further from the truth. I understand that growing up in poverty, money is a tool that helps you help others. And that's one of the reasons that I want to make money is so I can give it away. And as a young kid, I wanted to make money so people would think I was successful. But now I want to help out people that are in need. So um, I think I'm straying off course here. But essentially, it's taken a lot of reflection over the years. And it wasn't until about five years ago where I really started to think, I don't, my previous dreams aren't my dreams anymore. My previous dreams always involved me being on a pedestal where people looked up to me and it was so I could get the credit and the recognition. And now I'm 35 and I've realized any success I've ever had is not because of my own doing. It's because people have helped me along the way and I've just been there to be lucky enough to let them guide me. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I, um, I, I heard, you know, early on in my kind of entrepreneurial journey and, and really kind of redefining success. And I think this is such a good point And I want people to hear this at every stage in your life, you're going to go through every decade. I believe we go through a redefining of what success looks like, what we're chasing after, you know, and and some of us that leads to crises in our life. But if you can identify these things early and you start to see, see what I believe is successful people see patterns in their life and they look for patterns and whether they're good or bad patterns, they learn from those patterns and they start to redefine. And what Justin talked about there is so powerful. And he said, and I'll say it in my own ways and the ways that I've heard it is you help enough people get to where they want to go. You will get to where you want to go. And the reason he got to where he wanted to go or is going in life is because people have done that for him. We we need to folks, I think we really need to redefine success in today's generation because of social media and because of, of what we're seeing out there and what it really means. And he did such a great job and, and, and is doing this as he, as he speaks uh, through that. Um, Man, Justin, there's just so many things that I think, um, you know, people let define them in life, right? And so many things of your past and your story could have been defining things. And maybe they have defined you. Maybe maybe there's a paradigm shift you're going to give me here. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe mom and dad being going to prison was a good thing that defined you in a different way. I don't know. But so many people let that become their, their victim card. Mm-hmm. Walk us through this. I mean, you're, you've been, you've been, this doesn't, it's not like this, this, this uh, history in your, your mind is just gone all of a sudden and you can forget about it. It's there all the time. It shows up all the time. It, it rears its nasty head in different areas of your life. I guarantee all the time. Talk us through some of this and how you're just not letting it define you. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah. That's a very good point that you're making there, Mason, because as I grew up, I had every right to be a victim. Now, a couple of things. Number one, social media wasn't around when I was younger. And I didn't know what to compare myself to. As I said before, I grew up in a lot of small towns. The only people I could compare myself to were, you know, the entire town I lived in had a thousand people. 
So my pool of what success was, was pretty small besides the three channels I had. But honestly, no one allowed me to ever be a victim. No one gave me this permission of like, you won't be successful. As I said, my parents had their own struggles, but they always let me know I could do anything I wanted to be. Um, And they never, like my dad's biggest goal was not for him to be successful, but for his kids to be successful. And I think that's one of the biggest things as a parent or as an entrepreneur, as a leader, is how can you motivate and inspire other people and give them the tools and the mindset that success is inevitable if they keep showing up. And some of that was a little bit of, like I said, blissful ignorance. When I got on LinkedIn and I started to try to find people to that wanted to write books, I didn't know a lot of these people's entire history, their background, um, how successful or unsuccessful they were. I just knew I was a human, they were a human, and we were going to connect. But that victim mentality is something as a teacher the last 13 years, when I spot it in a kid, I immediately know that's going to define so much of their future success is one, thinking that they have a reason to make an excuse, and two, having other people tell them they have a reason to make an excuse. Another thing that's made me successful with this victim, or to not have a victimhood mentality, but that's been to my benefit, was never having a safety net. So when you're poor, obviously the government is your safety net to a certain extent, right? But you know, I was Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey. My family couldn't afford anything that wasn't cash because our credit was already so bad. So I just knew that if I wanted something, I was going to have to go and get it and save for it. And not having a safety net put a lot of pressure on me, but it also built a lot of resilience in my life. Wow. So what's interesting to me is um, one of the benefits of poverty, which I've never thought of, and this just this just was a paradigm to me. And, and it a little bit has to do with the time too. One of the benefits of poverty is it kind of brings you back in time, right? You're kind of stuck in a different world. You're kind of like stuck mm-hmm. in time. Because if you're in a lot of poverty right now, you're probably not listening to a podcast. Maybe you're struggling to even own a phone at this point, right? Maybe you don't have internet. Um, so you're kind of stuck in this old way, which in some ways could be actually healthy, because now you're what you're seeing around you're you're defining your own level of success versus all the things we see on social media and all these things we're getting hit with all the time. Kind of an interesting paradigm. Folks, I, I really believe this is my first time meeting meeting Justin. Um, we just connected on LinkedIn. I think you're gonna experience something if you follow this guy and you watch. I, I think this he's onto something here. I think that the work he's doing in the spaces that he's doing and the things that he's come through, um, I believe. God's got a massive plan for you, man. Honestly, there's just, there's so many things that are just happening within the last, what, four, five, six months in your life. Mm-hmm. That there's it, doors are opening up. And so um, it's an honor. It's an honor to just be able to be on a call with you and just learn from you. And I truly believe uh, this interview and this, this recording is going to be the start. I mean, I know you've done a few, few beyond before this, um, but this is just going to be the start. There's some big, big things coming your way. Um, because man, we just don't get a chance to talk to people who have come from those types of situations. And what's fascinating to me, so much is fascinating to me is 
some of the most success, one of the most successful men I know in my, my life, uh, his name's Bill Britt. And you, have you ever, I'm guessing most people never heard this name, right? Have you ever heard that name? Yeah, before? no, I don't think I have. Okay. Bill Britt. Okay. Bill Britt was one of the most, in fact, the reason I'm a believer is because of this man. Um, and um, he, he died uh, about uh, in 2017. So he died about six years ago now. Um, but his dad was an alcoholic. His his mom um, was just struggling to keep her head above the water while her, her, his dad was struggling with alcoholism. But yet he was one of the most successful, made the most impact. He probably impacted in his lifetime well over um, probably close to five to 10 million people. I, I mean, it's got to be a massive. And this was before the time of social media. He was a global speaker. He spoke all over the world. He would show up at airports, Justin, and there'd be 15, 20, 30 people waiting, just random airports waiting to meet this guy incredibly impactful Christian man. That's what I see in you, dude. I mean, I honestly see somebody who's come from because those people, when they can pull themselves out of that, there's some like grit and some, some things that you've just developed in your life that there's like nothing probably. And I would be interested. We can wrap up with this and land the plane. Maybe. I mean, what's going to phase you now? Like what's going to get under your, like how bad can it get anymore? Yeah. So I was talking with my, um, my best friend the other day. And so this is another podcast in general, but my best friend from high school, his dad went to prison as well for methamphetamines. Both of us work minimum wage at a farm. And when Mason, when I say this, like my best friend just uh, is the owner of a patent for fracking, all this stuff with oil and gas and sand. I don't understand it. But I'm talking like he is about to be wildly successful in the business realm, more wildly successful than we both had ever imagined. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, when I just look back on what my life has given me, it's given me this sense of grit. And he told me, he's like, the worst thing that can happen to you is better than where you were as a kid. So, for example, I know that I have a skill set and I have a working um body that the worst thing that can happen to me is I go work for Amazon or UPS and I get full benefits and I move boxes all day, right? That's the worst thing that can happen to me. And it's better than where I was when I was a kid. So when you have that mindset of the furthest I'm going to drop is better than where I was, it's just this powerful tool of grit and perseverance. And it's something I've honestly been blessed with that I don't see myself as a victim, but I see myself as somebody who's been blessed with all the opportunities, hardships I've been given. That's it. That is so true. And I mean, it's that level of gratitude, right? We talk about this all the time on, on this, on this uh, podcast that you got to look at your past and you got to recognize that everything is a setup. Everything's a setup. Everything's positive in your life. If you choose to take that paradigm and if you can just be grateful, even for the crap you've gone through in your life and the junk you've gone through in your life, that level of gratitude now Man, you can't lose. You just can't lose. You've already won. And uh, and Justin, well, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback, and I'm sure people are already out there sharing this podcast with other people, and they're probably thinking, "Man, I'd love, I'd love to hear more." And we'll have you back on um, here, in maybe in a year or two, um, when when life is in a lot different space. I just uh, hope you're willing to still come back and, and hang out with us at some point. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And. For anybody listening, you know, have a great day. Just remember to be where your feet are and that 
enjoy the people around you. That's one of the hardest things I've had to do as a ladder climber is now that I've climbed this ladder and I have a family is to understand that my job is not to climb the ladder anymore. At least in this moment in time, my job is to be with my family, my kids as much as I can. So if you're listening to this, wherever you're at, just be where your feet are. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing it.